0: Okay, so one of my favorite moments from last summer was the um, Matriarch Rising Women's Festival, particularly mm-hmm. uh, dancing under the moonlight. Um, and we, Keely and I, were there together, and there were many women that we admired there, but one of our peaks of our very short career as astrologers was meeting one of our most admired and respected astrologers Virginia Rosenberg who's our guest this week and just like having a moment looking at each other like dancing under the moonlight and being like oh my <laughs> gosh we're in the presence of like a queen right now many queens yeah. but it was very special
1: like starstruck truly it's truly starstruck More than one <laughs> Welcome to The Fifth Element,
0: a podcast for people seeking intimate connection with their innermost self through holistic healing, cosmic consciousness, and radical rebirth. We hope each episode is an opportunity for listeners to join the collective journey towards intuition and integration. Yeah, so we're very happy and feels very surreal to have you here. You're definitely one of our shared inspirations, just the the way that you speak about astrology very much resonated with us from the very beginning. And even the term that you use, intuitive astrologer, um, we were pretty much from the beginning recognizing that the way we were coming at astrology was very different than those who had taught us or introduced us to astrology, which was very much more in a um, like technical and like almost scientific i don't even know like very like logical and like fact based and we were like this is everything and like so magical just from the very beginning so virginia if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself and maybe just giving your definition of what you do and what is intuitive astrology yeah thank you so
2: much thanks for having me on and thanks for sharing that story i i'm always like curious to understand more of like what's happening for people in those moments because (laughs) my life is like just often like walking in the woods and then like being behind a computer like alone. (laughs) 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 just like writing and creating transmissions and then I go out in the world and like sometimes have these encounters that that i'm like i don't I don't know what's going on for people when they <laughs> when they interface with my work i do like I see what's going on when people interface with my work in like client sessions like one on one you know, but as far as like the risk being the risk on the receiving end of like the writings um that whole process is like a mystery to me. <laughs> yeah so so yeah it creates this interesting like layer of being in the world
0: <laughs> I almost okay this is kind of a weird metaphor but I'm just remembering like when you were doing the workshop and you were talking about the astrology of um 2021 it was like meeting the author of like one of my favorite like children's books or something like I feel like your words in the way that you go about astrology was like so familiar and something that I always came back to. And then like, and then like seeing you actually do your thing in person, it was like reading out loud, like a treasured children's book. That's like the, the feeling that I got of like, oh my gosh, she's like really doing this in person. It's not just like behind a screen, not just me reading (laughs) the words, but like actually the recipient, the the author of it. I love that. Um,
2: Yeah. (laughs) I love that so much. Thank you.
1: That's so sweet.
2: So yeah, I'm an intuitive astrologer and I've been doing this since pretty much since like 2010, but more stepped up on like a professional level since 2014. And um, it just sort of happened like, like life does in a very unintentional, unexpected, unpredictable way. I met someone who was a really significant figure in my life Um, who was a master astrologer and kind of apprenticed with that person and then when that relationship exited my life i used astrology to grieve and heal and contextualize the catharsis that i was experiencing at that time so i had a really uh intimate like personal relationship with astrology specifically as like a healing art that i discovered for myself in that kind of dark night of the soul period which I think is really common (laughs) for people who move forward in practicing a craft is like, you have to have, you often have to have uh, like an existential ache, you know, that like links you to that craft and that practice that keeps you involved with it. So I just wanted to know like what the fuck was going on, you know, (laughs) and, and, (laughs) and astrology really provided a context for that. And you know, the more I've done it over the years, I'm like, it's literally maps. Like that's all it is. (laughs) It's literally just a practice of reading and being with and attuning to maps of consciousness of, of the time space continuum and the self and the soul. And so it's this really, um, direct way to be able to like land yourself in that, that the center of that question of what's going on, who am I, where am I? what's happening here, how can I give language to that, how can I give some sort of like, how can I foster some sort of understanding around that, yeah, so that's what it was for me, and I studied it really in depth, and was also studying martial arts at the same time, the Taoist inner alchemy method, um, which is an embodiment practice that really encourages like the emptying of the mind and sort of the releasing of the human mind on a regular basis and just allowing space to be there for kind of nature, mind, God, mind, divine mind, however you want to say it. And I was also studying um, some energy, other energy work techniques because the the martial arts was an energy work technique, but I was studying um, Akashic records and just working with some various healers and one of the things that I recognized as I was going really deep into astrology was when I was looking at the chart similar to what you shared like there weren't things there were things that I was being shown in my mind's eye and in my field through like kinesthetically or what have you that weren't directly described by the chart, you know, like I would, I was accessing like memories of the person's chart that I was looking at, or just these impressions that I would have like no way of knowing. And um, that's when I realized that that astrology was a divination practice and that it was allowing a portal to kind of enter into a dimension where I could um, really just explore, like, the consciousness field of the individual that I was reading for, um, and then it all opened up from there, and I, I realized, I left behind, kind of, like, the cookbook methods of, first, you read this, and then you look at the moon, and then, you you know, so many books, kind of, recommend, like, a formulaic, sort of, mathematical approach, um, And I really left that behind and just started to practice trusting, allowing my intuition to guide me as far as what I was looking towards in the chart and really listening to and receiving what that was communicating to me. And I just experimented with that and got feedback from people that I was reading for. And the accuracy was just like increasing and increasing and increasing as That was the feedback. So so yeah, now what I do is um, I I teach an in-depth immersive astrology school, and the focus is on the practice of intuitive astrology. So we learn a lot of the intellectual anchors for the craft, because that's really important, but we, um, we practice experientially. Um, so all the learning methodology is like we dance with the symbols, or we make a collage, or we build an altar or we you know do like stream of consciousness writing like from saturn to us or so it's these ways of really activating an engagement with the consciousness of the the deities and the symbols and the beings and the archetypes themselves that are living in astrology um and yeah we're almost done with our my most recent round of my six month school and the, the results are really beautiful right now. It's it's always astonishing to see people like land in themselves with this language because it's so complex and so multifaceted and it takes a while to like get there. But about halfway through the course, it's like the plane takes off, you know, and people start like mm. finding their own way with the flight. Um, that is this practice of intuitive astrology. And it. Yeah, so I'm really basking in, like, the glory
0: of that right now. <laughs> wow, that's so awesome. Yeah.
1: What a, like, beautifully intimate trust to have with yourself, too, to, you know, go into this discipline where people, I mean, it's a very vulnerable act, like, people giving you their birth information, and then for you to just, like, trust your intuition completely to guide those conversations and do it outside of, like, the mainstream perception of, like, what an astrologer can say or you know, where they pull that information from. That's really beautiful.
2: Yeah, thanks for mentioning like how um, like how tender it is to give someone your birth information because I, I feel like that's a really important acknowledgement that a lot of people don't recognize since astrology has become so like pop culture in the last mm-hmm. decade or so. And, um, you know, the teacher that I studied with initially he never gave anyone his birth information um because he was like I don't like this is magic I don't want some random person out there like using this magic in a way that I don't have agency over or like can protect my field around so that that's always stuck with me
0: yeah I, I I've had experiences like first meeting people and they're like oh like you study astrology um like look at my chart. And I'm like, I don't know if you want me to do that. Like we just met, this is not really like a party trick. Like, yeah, I can pull out some stuff, but like, once I see your chart, like it, I feel like it just like comes alive and I can't separate that from you anymore, obviously. And so it's like, it's a lot to give someone access to that, especially. Yeah people just kind of think like, oh yeah, I guess my sign. And it's like, well, I'm going to know a lot more than that. If you give me this information,
1: yeah, totally. my favorite my favorite is the people who are like, who are like, I don't believe in that. Like blah, blah, blah. Like I don't buy astrology, but then they're like, they won't give me their birth information. And I'm like, so clearly you believe it has some sort of. <laughs> some sort of something."
0: <laughs> yeah. I really loved the mention of, um, well, getting to know the planets and the signs as like conscious living deities. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things that drew me to your work, I don't know how I found it, but was your embodied astrology course. And um, at the time, and backing up a little bit to what you were saying too, about like finding astrology as a craft through like an existential crisis, that was totally me of like exiting religion and wanting to like still knowing that there was some connection obviously to source and to spirit but like not knowing how to interface with that and like coming from like a very catholic immersive sort of faith and then finding astrology and finding so much meaning in that. And also like you were saying, like a map to just figure out what the fuck was going on. Um, But finding your embodied astrology course in that really helped me obviously bring it alive and bring it into my body. And I think having that as one of the foundational like teachings of, of how I was learning astrology really, to me, gave it so much more aliveness than just reading a few books or like, even listening to podcasts, whatever it was, it was like actually feeling how I could embody each archetype, how I have each archetype, how it is personal, the, like we have all of the universe and all of these energies inside of us. But then I just, it's just such a brilliant concept because then you can really like connect to that in yourself that other people have so it's like now when I read people's charts like I can remember what that archetype felt like in me and especially like as someone that's reading their chart like obviously you want it to come through you so it was just such a I'm like why is not every astrologer like teaching this method of like you're really embodying these archetypes for yourself and knowing them for yourself because like Healy was saying this is such a Um, intimate and trustworthy practice to, um, you know, have people coming to you saying things like, I'm totally lost my direction in life. Like, I have no idea where my relationship is going or what the next step, like they're really coming with these huge life questions and crises a lot of the time. And it's like, if I was sort of coming at it from a head, a heady or intellectual approach of like, here's what you should do. And this is what the stars say. Like, that's very, scary and like damaging you know instead of being able to just connect with my myself and be like okay here's how these energies are um working together and playing together and like really not giving any answers ever but like just reflecting back from that place of embodiment like that course is just so amazing everyone should check it out but um yeah I wonder if you can talk more about why for you that embodiment is so crucial totally
2: yeah thank you for um uplifting that course and praising that work really appreciate that it's like one of those things that we made a few like several years ago now and I just always forget about it I use it all the time but I always forget about it because it's just like one of those things that's innate um and uh, yeah, I made that course with my dear friend, Rochelle Sheik, and um, she really anchors, like trusting the wisdom of the body through her work, which is Koya. So we're like blending kind of the geniuses of intuitive astrology with that uh, way of approaching embodiment. And yeah, I mean, this this way of interfacing with astrology is animistic. So We believe, like we by we, I mean myself, the students that work with me. We approach astrology um, from a lens that everything is conscious, everything is awake, everything is alive, everything has energy, and that archetypes are living beings in and of themselves, that myths and stories and narratives are living beings in and of themselves, that planets are living beings, that constellations are living beings, you know. So And it's just a matter of like really getting to know and forming relationships, forming more conscious relationships. So it's similar to like living in a city and walking by the same people every day, but never getting to know their name, but they have a gravitational influence on your life, you know? And like, I just remember having this moment where I went to a beach one day in Costa Rica years ago. And I like, I don't know what I was on that day, but I was like looking around and I was like, all of the people on this beach right now are only going to be here like right now. And we're all here together on this beach, you know, and it was just this like lightning strike of awareness of like the miracle of the moment. And astrology can really deliver us into that kind of awake consciousness of moments like that's what astrology is based on you know it's like mapping moments and studying and meditating with moments but mapping and meditating that with them in such a way that it's very relational and it's very personal and it's very intimate so like what happens when you ask that person that you that you get your coffee from every day like what their name is and you start to get to know them and you like learn more about what their gravitational influence is on your life and in your field you know what I mean because there's something there whether we're privy to that or not so so yeah it's an animistic practice and when I was coming up in astrology I was very um surprised at how like heady and intellectual most of the other astrologers that I was encountering were or um the level of like kind of didacticness that people were approaching the craft of astrology with um, it felt very and, and a lot of them were older astrologers and it, it just it felt partially like a, a generational difference to me but I was very aware of like the difference of how my own views of astrology sort of unfolded in the way that I utilized the techniques compared to what their teachings were and their relationships with it were. Um, and I've always been an embodiment practitioner. Like, like I said, I'm a martial artist, I was raised a dancer. So being in my body has been very key to my existence, like my whole life. And um, I just saw a real opportunity with like linking together the high mind, the intellect, the linguistic, mathematical, geometric, scientific components that are astrology with, it's like all that stuff already lives in the body, regardless of if we're thinking about it or not. And I also had this experience once um, when I was doing some of Rochelle's work at a retreat. And, um, I think I had dance done. I had was like dancing every day for like three or four weeks consecutively for like hours. And like, by the end of that experience, I was so in my body that I could, I felt like I could sense a leaf, like rustling in the wind, like four miles away. Wow, you know, I just and got it was, Right. This and is- it was just this delivery into this is the real intelligence of embodiment you know like the deeper you get into your cells and the more you presence and and like activate from that landed place then that's where you can know all of this intergalactic expanse Mm -hmm. you know so um so really weaving those together because I think so many people think of astrology as like an ungrounded thing it's like really out there like you're talking about space but it's like it's so funny because the maps that astrology is are representative of the body being on earth and that's how every that's what everything is measured from that's the vector you know so it's not it is a map of out there but from the center point of right here in the body, on the yeah. ground, you know? So like the deeper we go into being in the body and on the ground, just the clearer the pathway is to knowledge and understanding because it, it, it I, I don't wanna say it bypasses the mind, but it bypasses the like separating quality that the mind can so easily get into. And so when we work with astrology from this embodied perspective, we are we are inviting synthesis and holism but the body doesn't separate the mind separates Mm -hmm. the body is where the integration can take place and the alchemy and the intertwining and the synthesis and like that's where the connective tissue is that's where the fabric of life is that's where the all the elements are stored you know um so yeah, that's why I made that course. <laughs> <Schedule>. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. But, but we we're also like, wouldn't it be fun to just like dance with the architecture? Oh yeah. But but no, like I really wanted also to give people a tool to like, as you said, bridge the personal and the collective because I feel like I feel like the body is really a conduit for that as well. And it's a big like it's a big point of confusion for people is like I don't understand astrology is like happening to everyone but then it's also happening to me in this unique way and it's like instead of spending all these years like trying to solve that puzzle by thinking about it really hard it's like you just dance with it wow. <laughs> and feel what you feel and then answer questions based on your direct experience and then you can know you know it just it's it's just a cleaner Uh, way of like delivering yourself into knowing and wisdom.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Keely's recovering from that. (laughs) Um, All of this also is making me think of a conversation I think I was either having with you or was overhearing you have it um, about how astrology um is I don't know if these were your exact words but this is kind of how I feel like astrology is like a women's art form like just the way that you're describing embodiment and like the connection to the universe and the fact that women can you know obviously like create life and we have like the the universe inside of us and just from what I've read too about like shamanism and the roots of astrology and like matriarchy and all of that I wonder if you could go into some of the connections between like divination and like women's like medicine women um and the connections to astrology there kind of paralleling it to what we see now as like you were saying like this little pop culture like astrology girls like read your horoscope in teen vogue and really kind of reclaiming that as A, like, we can feel this in our bodies. Of course, men have the opportunity to feel things in their bodies as well. But for me, I feel like there is some lineage there with um, female spirituality and our connection to our bodies and the cycles and all of that. So I could be just making that up, but do you have any thoughts on on that?
2: I do. I have some thoughts that are probably kind of vague and I would love, um, I want to get some more like rigor and intellectual grounding in it also um but i'll refer back to the beginning of the astrology course that i'm running right now which we started off learning a lot about um the history of western astrology because i use the tropical zodiac and the western um system and so hellenistic astrology is like the roots of that and it's so interesting because the history on paper Is obviously very male. You know, it's like the scribes are men and the kings are men and um, everything is a man. All the astrologers, all the famous, like lettered, literary astrologers are male for like a couple thousand years, you know. And when I presented um, the history to the cohorts that are working with me right now, some of the feedback was like, oh my gosh, there's so much grief coming up because like we know that women were at the heart of all of this and and really like in the roots of this magic but like where are their names and like what is it for them and when I think about you know part of me was like that's funny I don't feel grief about that at all (laughs) and part of that part of that for me is because I think I was a male scribe for like a long time Mm. So I'm like, it's cool. <laughs> but um but another part of it for me is that like women just live it. You know, yeah, I feel that. They, they they gather the herbs, they initiate the orders of younger women into the priestesshood, into the temples, you know, like their rites are secret. Um so they're doing it in the body. Like I'm thinking of Outlander right now and just like the, the Druidic like dance around the stones, you know? So, so in that way, the embodying astrology piece does feel like very directly feminine to me of that, the way that women like practiced or interfaced with the magic of astrology was very embodied and very much about being in communication with the cycles in their bodies, and with the plants, and with the animals, and with the stones, and with the sky, so, um, so yeah, there's not there's not the same like access as far as being able to pick up a book and like read directly the written words of these groups of women, but it's like that's not where the knowledge lives. Like the knowledge yeah. comes alive every time women gather. In the, in the interest of this type of practice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Even I'm just remembering like oh, the women's circles that I used to lead and Keely would come and we would always incorporate astrology into them. And it would be like, you know, we'd gather on the full moon and we would, Keely and I would spend a bit of time talking about just the current astrology. And it was like, every woman sitting around the circle would be like, "Yep, yeah, I am feeling that. Like they didn't know they couldn't explain the astrology like we were giving words to but it was like everyone was bringing that truth exactly like you said in their bodies and being connected to the energies of the present moment and that's yeah
1: that's totally what I what I meant yeah well both being like collective and uniquely individual experiences which is a beautiful testament to humanity but like women specifically
2: totally and we find ourselves in the reflection of that right like when we're in that shared field that is identifying like oh so this is the theme (laughs) that we're all tracking right now I feel like for me it helps like my my inner compass is like okay I've been in this question about how this applies to me personally and not knowing what to do, but I just landed in that shared field and my compass was like, er, and I'm like, okay, this is the next step,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know? Yeah, yeah. There's something about that. That's so just the, the constellating in the experience that's so anchoring for on the personal, like individual level as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Amazing. Um, So before we kind of look at maybe a few themes of the year ahead and the years prior, I'd love to hear um, where you see your work and your life going. Obviously, this is a a craft and an art form that you've been steeped in in the last decade or so. Um, And do you see yourself doing this for the next couple of decades? What has it been like um, paving your path in this field that does not have a very clear path at all? Like no one's telling you how to become an astrologer when you're like in middle school. Um, so just like it, it's clear, obviously you followed your intuition along the way to get you here. And yeah, where is that bringing you to and um yeah where do you see the next steps totally yeah
2: I'm like I'm laughing to myself because I'm like I have a really strong guidance team (laughs) like like unseen and seen but primarily unseen (laughs) so I have never felt like um like I don't like in the mystery about it at all. You know, it was sort of like even when I started on this path, I mean, life just asks of me what it wants me to to do <laughs> and give like step by step along the way. It's like the the instructions just keep getting revealed. And I'm like, "Oh, okay, so this is the next step now." Um and it's it's an interesting relationship with that cuz I I fully trust it and I know it works and I'm at a place in my life now where like the next steps are being revealed and I'm like, Oh, okay. So that's going to be a lot of work. Like yeah. <laughs> I've been doing this for so long now that I know <laughs> how much work each of these steps
0: take. Wow.
2: <laughs> and I like also want to do something else with my time too. Um, but yeah. So where I see the work going currently is, I mean, there's a lot of intuitive astrologers out there and there's a lot of need. And, the, and demand um, for this, this, these methods of like seeing and being and living and wayfinding right now. Um, so I see the school continuing to expand Sky Scholar, the immersive education that I offer. Um, and I see that supporting people to come into themselves as astrologers in a professional way if they choose or just deepen their own like study and lived experience of this medicine this particular form of medicine a lot of healers like add add added in to other things that they do which i love because it really enriches um and weaves together so nicely with like other practices Um, but I also just see my own life changing radically. And I don't, I don't know how, this is where it, it does feel like there's a lot more unknown is um, I live in Asheville, North Carolina currently. And when I first moved here, I moved here with the intent of um, gathering homesteading skills and like becoming more of a maker. And I attended this college where you have to, there's like a working farm and garden and you have to like basically apprentice there to uh, be able to graduate. And so that was sort of my plan. And this was like 12 years ago, you know, and then I just went really deep into healing arts and astrology. And now I feel myself circling back and I just want more of a, a land and place based lifestyle um to kind of deepen into the embodiment um of the unsold soil like the interfacing with the unsold soil on a, a daily level um, and then yeah so just have a land-based experience where people can also come and like learn the life skills but also deepen their studies of astrology as well so that's sort of the dream of like seeing all these different things interweaving and and linking together eventually um so it's sort of like just steward stewardship you know stewardship of life ways stewardship of knowledge that has been lost and that's my hope um and but we'll see because as far as like the the workings of all of that that's what remains mysterious and that piece of like landing in into a more place-based environment to cultivate a small village (laughs) has been really obscure for me this past couple years and I've been working on it really diligently but it still feels obscure and I know there's a lot of other people out there who feel a similar call, you know, to return to a simpler way of life with a village and that is more land-based and kind of going backwards to go forwards in a sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, yeah, recreating village life ways in real time now. So my sense is that there's people who are still like, they're, they're seeking that and we're, we're like waiting to be delivered. Um, into the right, like, matrix that, that will, like, direct all those projects unfolding. So I hope that's that's not too, like, convoluted of a description, but that's sort of what I see. And ultimately, like, what I really want to do at some point is not really talk about astrology at all and, and maybe write, like, science fiction romance, like, historical fiction alien novel. <laughs> 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 or like histories of the blood of the earth or something like I don't know Very I want to I want to be an and like a semi-fictional archivalist of some sort <laughs> and I see that in like my future future and I think that'll be the like real culmination of the lifetimes that I've held as a scribe um I don't know if you have seen the, there's like a Netflix series called The Magicians. Have you seen that? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, there's one character in it, Alice, who in part of that show, she's like locked away in this room, just like writing the books of life, writing everyone's book of life. And I was so like blown away when I saw that characterization because I was like, that was totally me (laughs) for like lifetimes, you know? (laughs) She has this like long hair that's all disheveled and it's like all over the floor and has never been cut. And she's just like feverishly like <laughs> writing everyone's
0: book of life.
1: Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, the season, you know, we've been hearing more of like the stories behind like how our guests have gotten to where they are. And, you know, it, it, you're a phenomenal astrologer, as we know, but the way that you portray the information that you glean or the wisdom or the intuitive, you know, reactions that you're having to looking at the sky or reading people's charts and things like that, like the way you portray that information and like give voice to it is just like absolutely like what has resonated with, I think Emily and I, um, like most of all, and like why we're so drawn to you. Cause it's just like so beautiful how you weave those words. So this whole time I've been like, Oh, well, I wonder like if she was like identified as a writer, as a kid and like all this stuff, but clearly it went way further than that. It went into (laughs) these past lives. (laughs) Yeah, and also as a kid,
2: and actually, thanks for asking that because I just opened these boxes um, from my like high school days yesterday, and was like going through them and clearing out, and just like remembering who I was then. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was a, so, I was like such a prolific artist and creative, and I totally forgot about that. Um, that that's like so baked in. But I, I was a published poet when I was like eight. Or nine oh and I know it's it's nuts and it was a, actually a, it was a poem about the sky that I had written at the time and yeah because I just had I've always had this like very intimate connection with the sky but the other thing um, that I did want to mention is like my high school project my graduation project it was a an interview project about Like I I interviewed people on like what their fears were. And when I was reflecting on that, I was like, you know, I've just always been really interested in the art of questioning and like just talking to people about their intricacies and, and what's intimate to them and things that maybe aren't normally spoken about, you know, in general conversation. Like I've always just wanted to like get right to the heart of it with people from all walks of life and races and backgrounds and strangers. And um, so, and from there, I went on to go to college and study. I, I, it was kind of like a journalistic, like anthropological path, but I was studying research and writing for documentaries because my interest was just ex- exploring the human story and aggregating it and presenting it um, in a way that could touch people and could like change the fabric of society and culture as we know it um cuz i always felt really trapped when i was growing up in like the lifestyle that was so devoid of meaning and like richness of like we go to the mall uh, you know it's like <laughs> <laughs> Like, this is how we, like, pass the time as we go to the mall.
0: (laughs) Uh, You're like, I have an interview with fear to write, okay?
2: (laughs) 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 Well, I was just always so, I felt like a wild animal, you know, like, trapped in a cage in this, like, weird, blank, like, air-conditioned box that was supposedly life, (laughs) and, um yeah. so my, I think my way out of that, like creating my way out of that has always been through through writing about my pain <laughs> and through acting and dancing and singing and um, getting to know people from very different backgrounds than I. Yeah. So astrology is really just like a continuation of all of that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I love, I love that context too, of like astrology is your current vehicle or your current medium for what your soul is here to do and has always done. And I feel like that piece of looking at what you're into as a child is so helpful for people, especially people that feel really lost at their passions And to not hold so tightly to the thing, but allow it to be expressed in multiple ways over your life. And I think people try have it in their mind that they have to find the one path that's going to fulfill their passion for the rest of their life versus really getting to know your own passions and then being able to see a multitude of ways that you can express that throughout your life. And yeah, it's really amazing to hear that from you of just being like, yeah, right now and for the past decade and maybe for the future, like astrology has been how you've done that. And because you have that like relationship with life and that relationship with your own passion that like you're open to seeing what that unfolds for you in the future.
2: Yeah, and you also, I just jog something when you said that which is like what I I see my role in this as like a, a movement weaver and and it's sort of like every astrologer that kind of enters the community and like rises up in this more intuitive like modern method of embodied wisdom then they bring their skills and their gifts and their tools and it's like I'm aware that I'm doing what I'm doing until I don't need to do it anymore. You know what I mean? Because it's like you, it's a project that you work on and then you can like pass the torch and the the light gets like lit and fueled and then carried on by others in the community. So yeah, you're lighting that up, up for me that I'm like, yeah, there's, there'll be moments of stepping away, like when the time is right. And And others like rising in and coming to the forefront. Mm. Um, I also just wanted to speak really briefly to something that Keely mentioned earlier, which was like the risk and like the danger um, of practicing astrology, because it is such like a vulnerable thing to work directly with like the birth magic. And um, and. I I just want to share that like that is something that's so real and I can't tell you how many people have come and been like I saw an astrologer when I was 18 and they said I was going to die when I was 26 and that like ruined my life for eight years seriously (laughs) like literally people are out there saying things like
0: yeah or I've had women that are like I've had an astrologer tell me that I won't have kids like these huge huge things that I'm like oh my god
2: Yeah. So it is like, it's really tricky and it takes a lot of ingenuity and care. Um, And my own way that I've developed of like moving with that. And I'm sure that I've made mistakes in my own practice, especially earlier on, but there's, there's always room for mistake. Um, But especially earlier on when you're like so green and naive and like, you don't know what to be careful of necessarily or what the parameters are or should be. But I really rely on, on questioning and just like kind of co-creating the field of understanding with the querent, the with the client, the person who's inquiring is that rather than like overlaying your own interpretation, it's like kind of making suggestions of what some things are that you know about the archetypes and the themes that are present but then asking them to like furnish that information if they want to, you know? It's like, how does this theme like resonate for you or where have you seen this play out in your life? And then there's also the invitation into like the self-healing component of astrology, which is really about the person just like pulling the story from themselves and recognizing themselves, you know? So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I love that. Do you have a favorite placement in your own chart? I love that question.
2: <laughs> um, you know, I feel really, I love my chart. I, <laughs> yes. I have a great chart. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> These are the affirmations everyone should be saying every morning.
2: I, I, I'm also a Leo Moon and and Leo Rising, so
0: um, but, <laughs> like clearly. you're like first things first. I love myself. Let's get out there.
2: I just like know I'm really special, and I'm like so. Um, <laughs> But I, I have, um, I have four planets in Gemini in the 11th house and I, I just love that because I'm so blessed with connection. Like I'm so blessed with just knowing so many people and, um, being encircled in and by communities and gatherings. And that is just like core, of who I am and that's what I love the most is like just being in connection and now I never lack you know for the gift that is like my people yeah Yeah.
0: so from your from your vantage point from your intuitive your intuition um what do you see this year holding for us. I think particularly most people will want to hear in regards to kind of this like context of the past two years, this being kind of like the third year of this major life crisis that everyone is going through. Um, Could you speak a little bit to what you are feeling into in regards to this upcoming year and um, maybe just giving a little bit of insight into what is happened um the past two years for people to kind of see how how the astrological energies have impacted in real time and in real life and how people can relate to those.
2: Totally just like a small topic, you know. Um...
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why are why is the world crumbling? <laughs>
2: Yes, so I've talked about this at length in like a lot of other offerings too. Um, There's actually a a calendar on sale for this year and and a forecast that you can purchase if you wanna like go really deep in the year and fine-tuned month by month, day by day and like understanding for your own signs how the major transits are like relevant and impacting. Um, I use my own calendar (laughs) all along the way, for sure. So weird times, right? Like we're 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 living through the change of an age. We're living through, it. it, it's contested, whether that is just the big, whether we're at the precipice of a new 200 year age, it's like also the precipice of a new 2000 year age. So we're like very much, spanning this liminality of like part of us still anchored in old paradigm that is no longer sustaining no longer relevant that's in an active process of extinction that we're facilitating an honorable death for you know and simultaneously we are in an accelerated state of evolution and adaptation into a new blueprint a new design a new self, a new uh, social order, a new technological landscape, and a new new world. So, you know, we're like mutating.
0: (laughs) In In more ways than one, potentially.
2: Totally, into (laughs) new beings, new creatures. (laughs) One thing about that is I just feel like it's really hard to forecast for the for how that plays out, I I mean, it's pretty impossible in a lot of ways to forecast how that plays out because we can't rely on the known in any sense. And we can't rely even on like, we can't fully rely on historical junctures either. We can gather some information about historical junctures. Um, For example, like Uranus being in Taurus, and contacting the nodes, like this year, the last time that happened was the Great Depression and the Dust Bowl, so we can understand that there is going to be this, like, chaos um, that plays out financially, economically, um, ecologically, and, like, I always say that astrology is a spiral, it's not a circle, you know, so we never go through the same thing twice, we just feel echoes, and themes of what was before but you know it's never the same there's always an expansion into that next like tree ring layer of time and consciousness and existence so um I mean there's a lot of ways that we can look at the astrology of 2022 with with doom and gloom like it's it's Pluto's final year in Capricorn before it moves into Aquarius, which is going to be nuts. Like, um, cause Pluto moves so slowly. And I mean, on the one hand, that's the honorable death of the last degree of Pluto in Capricorn. But on the other hand, it's also bringing whatever it is we've been living into and working on since Pluto moved into Capricorn in 2008 into full mastery. It's like, it's like imagine gathering all of that time and all that experience and like compressing it into a little gemstone like a little relic to take with us into the future um so you know it's it's really a it's a mix (laughs) wow yeah it's a mix and jupiter and pisces is is helping now to like uplift us and give some kind of soul food and some some salve and some soothing and just inspiration. Um, and just to soften the edges, like the edges have been so hard this last couple of years. There's been so much transiting in Capricorn and Aquarius and and those these signs are really cold and hard. You know, they're very didactic. they're very rigid. Um, Like Capricorn is about shutting in and and Aquarius is about shutting out, you know? Mm -hmm. So like lockdown or exile, (laughs) (laughs) like these are the themes (laughs) of the times, but it's like, once that process is complete of exile, then you enter into the process of like co-creation, you know? And I was just reflecting the other day on um instead of co-creation the word that came to me about this next phase with an emphasis in Aquarius was like rec- recreation and I was like oh recreation is recreation and there's the Aquarius Leo polarity you know oh that like, the creation of Aquarius comes from the Leo polarity of play and just recreation and fun and joy and it's delight you know so it's like it's not all this saturnine ruled signs like heavy depressing burden it's also i think things are just steering us in the direction where it's like where where's your light like where what are you what are you um, bringing forward like as a creator and as wow. a collaborator with consciousness and how how do you go about that you go about that by sharing in joy you go about that by honoring the children and gathering around the children you go about that by following your heart you know and and living life as art so so that's like a counterbalance that I want to bring in to all this tension you know mm-hmm. it's like very much about this theme that we're seeing uh, crop up around like living in a sovereign way and a, a lot about living in a sovereign way is just being like unapologetically joyful, and like how special is this time? How special is this moment? Like fuck oh yes!
0: So that is so amazing. Just like casually <laughs> dropping like newfound illuminations of astrology right now on this podcast. Like that just like puts so many things <laughs> into place in my head.
1: Whoa 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 whoa! <laughs> of course, of course, that has to be the answer like when you're like just like rooted in in hopelessness or like this these feelings of stuckness like of course the answer is going to be that that polar point that like mm-hmm. counterbalancing like thing of course it would take Leo to get us out of the stuckness of feeling exiled in Aquarius you know yeah
2: wow yeah it's like melting the ice because that's what Aquarius is is the ice you know and Leo is the sun so melting that ice and um and Scorpio and Taurus like they're all involved too you know but um but just to to land with saying that like okay what happened in 2020 was a historic alignment that I think the last time it happened was like It was a historic alignment in Capricorn that the last time it happened was like the origin point of the banking system that we utilize now and the origin point of like the families and dynasty connected to that. Um, So this is literally like a tectonic plate shifting uh, around like power and authority. Um, And it's very historical. And we're going to see that the major power centers and lines of power that have been in place for the past couple thousand years are like, that's changing. It's a change of dynasty. So the tower has fallen. And last year, my metaphor was like, okay, so once the tower falls, you're sorting through the rubble and you're like, what's going to come with me into the future and what's going to leave behind, you know? And then I feel like 2022 is just the next phase of that, where we've done a lot of that sorting and that separation. But like after a big storm or a tower falls, like there's a lot of shit everywhere. Like there's a lot of cleanup and it takes a lot of time. And so we've maybe done like the first half of that process. But now we can start to see where the lines have been drawn and where the entrenchment of the new pathway is the new pathways are being placed. Um, And so I feel like there was a first wave of migrations in like 2020 and early 2021. I think there's gonna be like a second wave of migration this year on like a smaller scale. But, um, you know, people are being pressed into the positions. That they'll need to be pressed into to do that co-creation and that recreation and that collaboration. It's like now the real work begins,
0: mm-hmm. you
2: know, of of from the ground up rising. And the other piece of 2022 is that Jupiter's in Pisces, but it also moves into Aries. So Jupiter's moving back and forth between Pisces and Aries, and that's literally pre-birth and birth into existence. You know, so it's just liminal, liminal, liminal all over the place. Um, but that space of like pre-birth and then emergence into existence and rising up is so rich um, and we get it a couple of different times, you know, like Jupiter actually moves from Pisces into Aries and then back to Pisces and then back to Aries. So we get to like be in the dream field, which is where we are right now, where you have no idea what this baby's going to come out as, you know, and who they're going to be and what they're going to bring, but you're in that dream field. And then you start like totally from the beginning when Jupiter moves into Aries. And that happens twice this year in line with this final year of Pluto and Capricorn. So it's just a big encouragement to like, let the things die that need to die and that are dying and 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 sometimes letting things die is really just like an acknowledgement of like holy shit, this is dying.
0: Yeah.
2: Right? Like I remember when my grandma was dying, I had like a reading with somebody and she was like, You're holding on to her rope. Like she's in a boat and you're holding on to the rope, and you just need to like let that go. You know? Mm-hmm. So and that and I was like, Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, I'm preventing this thing from happening because of my own attachment. Mm. And so I think there's going to be a lot more of like clearing attachment and changing our relationship with the unknown and the mystery and letting things die that are dying and continuing to orient towards the dream field and towards the vision and towards the new that is just at the very beginning it's not even started yet you know but that's what's going to be like emerging and moving through us so that's what this year is about and then next year 2023 the new blueprint like really starts to land and take shape but this is very much like a midwifing year 2022
0: Uh wow what a time to be alive truly truly
1: Well, and in light of the conversations that we're having on the podcast this season about, you know, like evolving and particularly like evolutions of the mind and, um, you know, it, I see that same metaphor of like, yeah, what are you holding on to? What thought patterns are you holding on to for dear life that you've been holding on to, especially for the last two years? And like, how are they preventing yourself and others from moving forward and like sailing off in that boat? Um, and what you said earlier, if the body doesn't separate the mind is what separates things. It's like what thoughts or ideologies or philosophies are you still like clinging to that are preventing you from being in intimate relationship with your own body, with yourself, and with the people in your community?
0: yeah, yeah, questions to ponder. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my gosh well Virginia um, people uh, just listen to this episode and they decide they want or need to work with you in some capacity to feel supported over the next um, year how can they how can where can they find you where can they meet your work yeah um, so my website is
2: virginiarosenberg.com and I am currently pregnant so I'm gonna Be taking some time off from like client facing work and outer stuff while I deal with my attachments and my relationship to change. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, So yeah, visit my website though. There's a lot there. There's like, I have a, a Qigong course there that is evergreen and that's a really amazing way to like anchor your relationship with body and spirit. I have the embodied astrology course there. I have the wait list for sky scholar, which I do plan to start again in the fall of 2022. If you feel the pull to really go deeper with intuitive astrology, whether on a professional level or just like personal self-knowledge enrichment level, it's good for both. Um, and I have a bunch of just like click and download offers like the calendar that I mentioned and the forecast um, for the year and a Jupiter and Pisces course with some meditations and practices if you want to connect with that transit and but I really just recommend getting on my mailing list because what my work I think a lot of what my work centers around is my writing and the like ongoing communication with the audience on the mailing list um, and I, I do anticipate like writing in some form or other in general and in the year ahead because it's it's like lifeblood um, to me and and for the people who
0: resonate with my writing so that's what I'd recommend. Awesome we'll include all that in the show notes and thank you so much this was such an amazing conversation thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me y'all. It's great to be here.